If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. For a healthy and delicious snack that lets your kids explore, play, and be their best, you've got to try Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze is made from 100% all-natural fruit with no artificial anything. Nothing but orchard fresh apples and other wholesome fruit, all in a squeezable pouch that's ready to go wherever they go. Seriously, guys, they're so ready to go wherever they go. My kids take them in their lunches. They take them to baseball practice, to basketball practice, at night after dinner when they're still hungry. There's over 25 tasty varieties kids will love and that you can feel great about as well. Go-Go Squeeze fruit-on-the-go pouches. Find them in the applesauce aisle today. Guys, you are listening to episode number 182, and my guest is Emily Thomas. If you've ever spent your life trying to look as though you have it all together, hello, all of us, me included, you're going to love Emily. She's done acting this way, and so she created a space where we can all admit that we're struggling and that we need each other and need Jesus on her podcast, Mom Struggling Well. Emily and her family live in the Dallas area where she's mom and two kids that joined her family through adoption. The way that she speaks about her relationship with her daughter and how she's fostering it, even when it's hard, spoke to my heart so greatly. Emily also shares with us her crazy story about her first marriage that you're not going to believe how it went down. Throughout her whole story, she reminds us of how much God was with her in the midst of her suffering and pain and fear. If you are feeling as though you are not usable by God because of things in your past, you're going to be encouraged today as you listen to Emily share her story with us. At the end of the show, we have a great discussion about what is true about God versus what we feel about God. And I think that this is a huge struggle for so many of us. And you will be thinking about this conversation for a while after this show. You guys, if you're not joining us over at the Happy Hour Facebook page, you're basically just missing out. Go to jamieivy.com slash happy hour Facebook and you can join there. It's a fun place to discuss the show with other listeners. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Emily. Hey, Emily, welcome to the happy hour. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. It's fun to have you here in the studio talking today. And people may know you online. I'm sure that they do. Mom's struggling well. But give us a little snippet real quick into what you do. Um, Well, right now I have a podcast and it is mainly for moms. I dealt with infertility for like six years. And when I finally got kids, it wasn't as fantastic as I thought. And um, even if I try to pretend like everything's fine, I'm not that good at it. And so I figured I might as well go with it and say, not in a negative way, but in a real way, holy cow, this is hard. And I'm not that good at it. And I don't really like doing things I'm not good at, but I can't get out of this. So I might as well basically interview women as a cry for help. <laughs> That's why I knew I liked you because you were like, I'm just going to be real about it. And yeah. I'm just going to be real and say, this is hard. Mm-hmm. So I have a small suspicion that people love that because mm-hmm. I know from my own life that people love it actually when the walls come down and you're like, hey, here's who I am. Yeah. The good and the bad. Let's try to be more like Jesus together. Because then you can get past it. 
Yeah. If you're if you spend all your time pretending that takes all your energy and you don't get to really know yourself or other people. Yeah. But you yeah, I feel like if you just get it out and say and not in a negative way, I think it's hard because you can go the other way and say, oh, my kids are the worst. Well, that's not accurate. Your kids are kids and they're people and you're people. But you can talk about what's hard and then move on to what's great. You know what I've learned as my kids have gotten older? So you have a nine and a five. Yeah. Nine and five, boy and girl. Mm-hmm. Um, both joined your family through adoption. Am yeah. I right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, my kids, uh, 14, 12, 12, 10. Okay. So bigger kids. Yeah. You know what I started to learn more as they, as they got older is when I was, when they were younger, I'm like, oh my gosh, these kids are so hard. Like, mm. this is so hard. Da, 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 da. They, they, this, they, that. And then as they got older, I was, I started to realize, well, I'm actually a hard mom sometimes too. And I started to think like, wow, what does it look like through their eyes mm-hmm. that sometimes I'm having a bad day and they probably wish they had a blog and they could write like, okay. my mom is the worst. No kidding. And then when they say, oh, how could you be that way? I think, well, that's so disrespectful. Well, they're just trying to, uh, my husband's really good at saying you, you need to let them be people because I just think of them as kids who, you know, I don't know. It's just yeah. hard to let them have their opinions when it is they, they aren't positive towards you. Yeah. And you're like feeding them and keep right. them alive. Like, yes, I want them to be thankful and not. Yeah. You know, whatever. I give you a house and a bed mm-hmm. and Christmas gifts. Yeah. My husband, Aaron, and I just had a conversation recently. And like I said, the older my kids have gotten, the more I've realized that they may not like me some days, you know, and um, but I also start to see some of my negative tendencies that I hate. Like, I think the best thing is when you can, you know, they're there. Mm-hmm. And you know where they are because I, it's better for me if I find them other than when Aaron is kind of pointing them out to me, because then I mm-hmm. get kind of, well, let me tell you what your negative qualities are. Right. Yeah. So you see them in your kid, when your kids do them? No, I see them in myself. Okay. Like I would think, oh my gosh, you're making me so angry. And I always tell my kids, like you control your emotions, you know, cause they'll be like, <laughs> my brother is making me so angry. And I'm like, well, you're in charge of your emotions. Yeah. And so then I find myself feeling like they are making me so angry. And I start to realize I'm in charge of my own emotions. Yeah. Um, and I see maybe I was being too hard on them and I contend, I don't know what you are. I'd love to hear. I contend to be way more like rigid than my husband is yeah. because in my mind, there's four of them. There's a lot of people in this house and two dogs. We need some order mm-hmm. and I will bring the order mm-hmm. to the house. Mm-hmm. And my husband's like, I'll bring the fun and exciting. And so what is it like we're at the, yours? We're the very same way. My husband is just the life of the party. Yeah. He wakes up singing. Everything's always great all the time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> in fact, sometimes Aaron will come up with a fun idea and he's like, how about you tell the kids? Oh, like, he's trying, so sweet. Yes, yeah. it is so sweet. Okay. Nine and six. Um, our mm-hmm. families are similar because your kids joined your family through adoption. Yeah. Tell me that story. Yeah. Well, we just, I mean, like I said, we tried for six years to get pregnant. We never could. And we thought about like some different fertility procedures and stuff. And for us, it ended up being that God moved our heart towards kiddos who are already here. And, uh, and also I didn't feel comfortable with the monetary risk of maybe IVF and we don't end up with a kid, but we still spend the money. That just, I'm so practical that I'm like, I need to end with a kid for sure. And so we became foster parents. We adopted my daughter when she was two. How long did you have her before you adopted her? Maybe about a year. And that was really tricky because you never knew when they were going to, they're always trying to find a blood relative. And so it's hard to attach at that point because, I mean, for me, it was my first child on the heels of six years of infertility. So it wasn't as though we were like, oh, foster to adopt, like 
I wish I could had have been in a place where I could have said and honestly meant that I'm holding this loosely was not holding it loosely. You know what I mean? My heart was always fearful. Yes. And so she called me mom right away, but I had a really hard time saying I love you. Mm. And she had a hard time saying she loved me. I would say like, I love you. And she'd say, I love Diego. Like she would like just not be able to, and that's fine. I, I wasn't making her or anything, but it was just a kind of a tense time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sounds like you're both guarding yourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm noticing now as I'm getting healthier, just, you know, older, I'm 38 now. Mm-hmm. Wiser. Old and wise. Yes. I'm a sage basically. Uh-huh. I'm realizing that, yeah, there's still a level of, of guardedness in both of us. And so we're working on that. Yeah. I have a friend who just brought some kids home, um, international adoption. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I talked to her about is I remember, and I don't know if you felt like this way when you first adopted, I remember when we brought our kids home and I thought just love will solve all their problems and love will conquer all things. And it just didn't, you know, and yeah. there was hurt there. There was trauma. There was brokenness. There were broken promises, all the things. Yeah. I remember thinking once she's in our house longer than she wasn't, then it'll be fine. Yeah. And it, it just wasn't. Yeah. We set up these things and then I, I encouraged her to just be like, to kind of try not to guard yourself so much because I think we go, mm-hmm. we want to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure the kid attaches to the grown up. Yeah. But I don't think we t- spend a lot of time wondering if the grown up's attaching to the kid. And I wasn't attaching to her. Did anyone notice? I don't think so. Did you I mean, notice? I noticed. I'm really honest. So I was like, this is weird, but I, it's funny because I am really honest, but that was like a depth and a, a kind of a shame, even though I didn't do, obviously I wasn't doing it on purpose, but like even I've I've heard this later. I didn't even like the way that she smelled, mm. even right out of the shower. It wasn't like she was dirty. Yeah. It was that there was something that was I had an aversion to her on some level. Nothing in the world wrong with her. Right. That's what's so weird uh-huh. is because then you go, I know it's not her. It must be me. But I didn't. But this was the kid I wanted. It just doesn't add up. Yeah. But you got to keep parenting in uh-huh. the middle of it. Uh-huh. Were you honest with your husband? Yes. And how is he towards it? He, okay, here's what is interesting that I've learned is because I wanted to be honest, I would say everything I was thinking. And he wisely pointed out there is, there is power in our words. And so while you should be able to say what you're thinking, you need to speak life and speak truth about her and about the situation, not pretend, not don't be real, but, but there is a bigger truth about how the Lord puts families together and, um, and who she is as a person and who you are as a person, your identities, there are bigger truths there than what you're feeling. So you can speak your feelings, but then we need to talk bigger T truths. And, and that was hard for me because I felt like, but I'm, but I'm saying what's true, Mm -hmm. but I'm, no, I'm saying what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a difference in that chart. I call, we have a kind of a phrase for that here at our church of like, um, like, telling us like gospeling ourselves, mm, telling yeah. us what we know to be true, even if you're not feeling it, which is exactly what you just said. And I think that we have to do that in lots of different stages of life. And I think what you're touching on that sounds so crazy to some people is that you think that that's not going to be a problem in parenting. Well, especially not because you really, really, really wanted them for so long. Yeah, And I'm sure you, know? you thought I went through all of this. Yeah. So you said you're getting healthy. What does that look like? Um, Okay. So I tend to be, I'm, I don't know if you like the Enneagram. 
That's the one with the one through yes. nine. I just took the tests over okay. Thanksgiving yeah. and I'm, I read the book. Okay. Yeah. And that's about as far as I am. Too. As far as I've gotten. Um, but I'm a one and I tend towards perfection. And like you were talking about rigid. And when I feel threatened or unhealthy, I get more rigid and more um, perfectionistic. And so my daughter is an eight. I just figured this out and it was really helpful for me. Um, and she doesn't care about feelings. She doesn't care about details. She doesn't care about, she's like basically feels like the opposite of me. And so part of getting healthy is acknowledging that my way is not the only way. Um, I'm a little old to realize that, but here, here I am. And I think I didn't realize that in my marriage because my husband is so flexible that I didn't have to realize how tricky I am to be around right. sometimes. But my daughter was very helpful uh -huh. in pointing that out. Yeah. So also for me, I love acts of service mm -hmm. and she loves quality time. And so we just, just understanding how we're different. And then for me going, Lord, help me see her like you see her because I am honestly, I've got nothing. Like I do not see the redeeming qualities. I know they're there, but my goodness, I'm at a loss. And so he really has helped me. The other thing is like, she loves animals and I could care less about animals. Right. So things like that are just we are like ships in the night. Mm -hmm. um, and I think at first I really bucked against that because I wondered like, what is wrong with the situation? But then I realized like she's a means of grace in my life, um, teaching me a great deal and and me for her. But I've got to just quit pushing against it so hard. And so like, for example, we read Harry Potter together because she is obsessed with Harry Potter. And we do a lot of coloring together because it like calms us both down. She has some anxiety. So just things like that. We're both in counseling, not together, just separately, just as a, yeah, I don't know, an investment in who we are. And then after we're done, we go have a frappuccino and we just sit and talk about usually animals. I love it. I'm a big <laughs> fan of counseling. And I think I say that all the time on here because there is a wrong stigma that you know, don't tell anyone you're in counseling. And I tell everyone that I'm in counseling. It's good. I'm not in there right now at this moment, but I, I might be tomorrow. I was and, yesterday. Yes. And you know, my kids are and my husband's been and mm -hmm. it's just a great little safe place. I yeah. always tell people too, when they bring kids home um, from hard places to find a good counselor. Yeah. Just get that extra person in their life. Yeah. And yeah. I think at first I thought, oh no, is she going to think she's messed up if she goes to a counselor? But then I realized kids don't think counseling. Kids don't know that. They don't. think that. No. We've been told that as adults. Exactly. And thankfully I was already going. And so to her, it's just something that I do. And then I get to go have yeah. a coffee. You get to go do, she gets to go do what mom does. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So good. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. 
yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Um. Okay, Emily, you told me when we talked about you coming on is that you have a kind of a crazy story with a first marriage. Do you talk about this a lot publicly? Not a whole lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can we talk about it today? Yeah. Okay. All right. So give me a little bit about how long ago, give me, give me the big overhead view because I don't even know what questions to ask you about this. When I was in college, I decided, because again, very perfectionistic and rigid, I was going to go to college in four years because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And then after college, you get married. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, towards the end of my four years of college, I didn't have a boyfriend. That was not... <laughs> you said unfortunately. <laughs> well, because I wasn't part, it's of, the like plan. part of the plan. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I wasn't just like finding, I wasn't like determined to get a boyfriend, but that was kind of in the back of my mind. I met this guy. Um, I was working at a coffee shop and he was on vacation here from, he lives overseas and he was gorgeous. I mean, everything. He was like, Absolutely gorgeous, beautiful. And um, anyway, we started talking and it was really great chemistry. He got my number and the next day we went out and we got engaged. The next day? Yes. You're lying to me. I wish I was lying to you. I can't even believe it's a thing that is a true story. I've never, ever heard anyone say that in my entire life. It was like Frozen, you know, when Anna uh-huh. gets, when I saw that on the big screen, I was like, no. You're like, that, they took my story. Yeah. 
So, okay, so you get engaged. And so... I didn't even know his last name and we were engaged. And you weren't drunk. Oh, no. There was I, no, I don't mean that as a silly no, question. Yeah, no I mean, I'm just saying there's involved. no like... Honestly, I really love the Lord. Yeah. It felt so real. Yeah. And honestly, I really had a misunderstanding of when marriage makes you okay mm. and a, a man makes you okay. Mm. And so I just, I really wanted love and he... It by all intents and purposes, all appearances, it seemed it seemed great. Other than the fact that it had been less than twenty four hours, right, right. But um, and how old were you? Twenty two. So very wise. <laughs> <laughs> A little less wise than mm. we are now. Mm, almost slightly. 40. Yes, slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, you said that you know you'd been in school almost four years. You didn't have a boyfriend. Do you think that you, without knowing it, felt so as if this was gonna complete you? Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, even you even knew like, this is what I need in my life. Well, I knew I needed it, but I didn't know that it, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't have articulated that, uh-huh. but yes, it was, it was like a compulsion. Like yeah. I have to have this to be okay. So you uh, meet this guy, you get engaged and then what? Um, and then I graduated cause it was around graduation time. Did you tell your college. parents? Yeah. They weren't thrilled. Yeah. And my mom, I think my mom like kind of threatened him once when I wasn't in the room. I will, I will come, come get you. you. Yeah. I, I I remember telling my parents some crazy things in my life and how they looked at me with, they were so angry. And at the time I thought, you guys are so old and uncool and all the things. And now that I have kids, I'm like, oh, I know why they were angry. Yeah. So you're finishing college. Yeah. So we got married and we moved to um, the country where he lives. And which, how long was that after you met in the coffee shop that you got married? A couple of weeks. Okay. A couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But you graduated? As you do. Oh, yeah. I graduated. Okay. Graduated. That was part of the plan, yes. right? So graduated, moved, and um, I did not know until we got there that there were some severe mental health issues, and I was incredibly isolated. I lived... He, he had a phone, but I wasn't allowed to have a phone. It was in 2002, so it wasn't that weird yeah. to not uh-huh. have a phone. But he had one, but I wasn't allowed to. He portioned my food. I wasn't allowed to go out of the house without him. did this him. start immediately? It, it eased, it eased in, it wasn't immediate. It was probably, but like, you know, two weeks in yeah. or something. I, he's, you know, would say stuff like I could hurt you with this knife and things like, and, but it wasn't like he was trying to scare me. It was like, he was scared, scared himself as he realized his capacity mm. to hurt me. And I was like watching him realize that it was, and, and then I found out like he used to hurt animals and he, he was incredibly abused himself. And so it was just really scary because I, I didn't know what the number to 911 was in this country. Like I was completely trapped mm-hmm. and there was a lot of spiritual abuse. So anytime the Bible was opened, it was, you know, submission and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And, and, and you were a Christian. Yes. And, yeah. and so was he, Yeah, you know, and anyway, when I went to our pastor and I said like, Hey, I, I feel really afraid of him. Um, the pastor just said, I used to do that to my wife and you should just stay. And so everybody in the church was incredibly legalistic and everybody in the church was like, you can't get divorced. Like you just can't. But it was the point where I was praying that I would die or he would die. Mm -hmm. I didn't care who, but till death to us part when we're in our early Mm twenties, I just couldn't, I lost all kinds of weight. It was, I really thought I was evil. Like it was crazy how quick my identity. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So I just, in the middle of the night, a friend called me, I worked at the Starbucks and a friend called me from the States and said, I really respected like this was the Lord because I really respected her walk with the Lord because I didn't want to get a divorce because I knew God didn't like that. And the church is telling me no. And so I'm just like, 
What are, I mean, yeah. I don't, I felt really trapped. Yeah. Um, and because of what he was telling me, I felt like it was me. I think the thing that women in abusive relationships, when someone speaks with authority, they, they just tend to believe it. Mm. And it's really hard to not hear that as truth yeah. Yeah. when it's being told to you so right. forcefully. So anyway, a friend called me when I was like counting money in the back um, of the Starbucks. And it was amazing because it was, I didn't have a cell phone, different time zone. I don't know how she got the phone number. And I was never by a phone at Starbucks. It was the busiest Starbucks in the town. And she said, hey, I just need you to know that divorce is not the unforgivable sin. And did I did not she know about. He was writing emails uh-huh. pretending to be me. Okay. I didn't know any of this because I was at work. And so my friends were like. Didn't sound like her. Yeah. Something's, yeah. something's off. Uh-huh. And so she just called and that's the first words out of her mouth. And I just felt like the Lord being like, it is not over for you if you if you have to get a divorce because mm. you're not safe. Like mm. I knew in my gut this was not going to end with me being alive. I just knew it. I just knew that I was very unsafe in my own home. So he tried to steal my passport. Well, he did steal my passport. He tried to destroy my credit card. And so I had to like So did he know that you were thinking of leaving? Yeah, because I tried to leave. But then he like convinced me to stay. And, you know, it gets gets all so confusing. And I mean, it's like a movie. It was. Unfortunately, I mean, you're like, this is my life. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But so then I wasn't allowed to leave unless I was going to work. I had to stay in the house. And so I just took the phone and I took my Bible and got in my Starbucks uniform. And I was sleeping with my passport on me at this point and my credit card. Um, Because he tried to rip them up so I couldn't leave. And anyway, so then I just walked past my Starbucks and I told the Lord, like, I've got to get a train that leaves right now. And so when I got there, I bought the ticket and the guy goes, oh, yeah, that that train's leaving right now. And I got on and the doors closed and we went away. I was like, Lord, because that's what that's what stopped me before is that I had to wait for a train Mm. and he found me. And so I knew I needed to like get the heck out of there. And so when I got to um, the airport, I got a a flight right away. It was right after 9-11. So they thought I was like a terrorist Mm. because I looked Mm. wild and crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I was trying to escape. Anyway, so they they did finally say that I was not a terrorist and they let me on the plane. But again, the Lord was so good to me. He had this um, flight attendant. Her name was Hazel and she had bright blue eyeliner. I think in trauma situations, those details like stick Stand with you. Out. Yeah. But she was from Scotland and she she said, Emily, come with me. I said, okay. And the, they had upgraded me to first class. And did they know? Yeah, because I told them I had to go. <sighs> but but they, kept, they never told me they were even letting me on the flight. So I never knew what was happening until... The moment that they, I mean, you're telling them I'm escaping this. Yeah. And they're like, but you have no bags mm. and you, you have a one-way ticket and you that just does bought look it. Shady. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we, and we you're can't let you uniform. on the form. Yeah. And I'm like, but here's my Bible. That's literally all I have. Like search the pages wow. for a bomb. I don't yeah. know what you're going to find, but anyway. And so anyway, Hazel got me bumped up um, to first class and cleared out like six, the whole middle area. So I could sleep. Apparently I look like mm-hmm. I really need to sleep. <laughs> right. They're like, get this girl a bed. <laughs> and she's like, what kind of wine do you like? I'm like, I don't even, I, white. I don't yeah. even know. Uh-huh. So I had all the wine they had, like every single kind, the, they hadn't even taken off yet. And then she sat down when we were in the air and she goes, I just want you to know that I escaped an abusive relationship. And she goes, and I want you to know that you're doing the right thing. And it was just the Lord going, sweet girl, you made a bad mistake, <laughs> but you, you are loved and this is not over for you. So mm. that's how I got home. And yeah. you went home to your parents. I did. And, and, and really the plan for me was just to get safe yeah, so that I could bring him back so that we could reconcile. Mm. That was, 
I just knew I at least deserved to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, my mind was all in a pretzel, but I knew that yeah. too much. Yeah. And um, sadly, he chose lots of other women and not to reconcile. And so I felt free from that. But it was still, C.S. Lewis says divorce is like an amputation of a limb. And it really is. Even if it's an incredibly unhealthy situation, it is also some of the most painful mm. breakup that ever you And you have. were a baby. I mean, you I were know. young, you yeah. know. Um, did you, coming back, you know, you shared with us your struggle with getting a divorce just because you felt like this is wrong. God doesn't want this. And you needed to get safe. You knew that. Did you struggle feeling shame after that? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was the thing. I didn't want anybody to know. I felt like I had... You know, Jen Jet, Jen Sprinkle. Uh-huh, yeah. um, I felt like I had like this, a giant red D mm-hmm. on my chest, like the scarlet letter. And I don't know if you saw, but the other day she was recently divorced. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I can. You can, yeah. Sure. yeah. But but um, we were actually speaking at the Declare Conference uh-huh. and we were talking about feeling that way. And then we walked out to get pictures taken and they had to stand by this giant Declare sign. And we realized that we, we didn't do this on purpose, but we were both right after our talk about the scarlet letter D, we were standing inside of this giant white D getting our pictures taken. And I, and, and I said, look at we're we're by a giant D and she goes, and it's white. And we're like, oh my gosh, Lord, you're so good. So there's been white times that he has continued to use that. Like on my day of my divorce, that was June 13th. And it was a very, just a heartbreaking day. That's the day that I was able to lead the first person I ever led to the Lord was on that day. And so things like that, where yeah. I'm like, nobody knows that, but mm-hmm. he does. Yeah. And I felt like my my chance to be used by the Lord was over. I felt like my ministry was over. I saw my life as train tracks that just ended. Mm. Like, it's over. There's not a lot of 22-year-old divorced Christian women. Right. So he, he's just been faithful to show me that this is not the end. Yeah. I love that because I feel like, I mean, you know, I wrote a whole book laying out my whole story and I felt the same way that you did just like although it was a different scenario I still had the same struggles of golly this is I'm done like who does this and then gets to be used by God and it's a lie that is suffocating it's suffocating Mm -hmm. to women Um, and so I'm glad that you get to share your story yeah Okay, guys, I know that you're enjoying my conversation with Emily, but I want to stop real quick and thank two sponsors that make this show possible. The first one is ZipRecruiter. Any of you hiring out there? Here's what we know is that every business needs great people and we kind of need a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. But ZipRecruiter knew that there was a smarter way. So they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you will find your next hire. In fact, you guys, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there and ZipRecruiter is how you're going to find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners, that's you of the happy hour, can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, you guys, for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash happy hour. ZipRecruiter.com slash happy hour. You can try it out for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash happy hour. The smartest way for you to hire. 
Okay, guys, I want to thank another sponsor of this show, and that is Mr. Clean. You guys, today's the last day of February. If you're listening to this when it went out live, and so tomorrow's March, and what do you think about? We think about spring cleaning, and maybe you're getting ready to tackle your spring cleaning. This year, use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to take on the impossible stains that your sprays and wipes can't. I tried it on my Tef messes, and it blew me away. We have an older house, and so our bathtub upstairs, it always gets that just grime on it. You know what I'm talking about? That nasty soap scum. And I used this Mr. Clean Magic Eraser on it, and it got my bathtub completely white. All you have to do is wet it under the tap, give it a squeeze, and it's ready to erase. And because it cleans with water alone, here's one of my favorite parts, you guys. You don't have to worry about harsh cleaning fumes or scents. If you're about to take on your spring cleaning, you should definitely try Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. It makes cleaning your toughest kitchen and bathroom messes fast and easy. Check out mrclean.com slash podcast to see more ways the Magic Eraser can help you knock out impossible messes all around the house. All right, friends, here is the rest of my conversation with Emily. You and I both do podcasts. And so it's fun to have a podcaster on the show, by the way. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting here like setting up the stuff and giving you your microphone and you're like, I know what I'm doing, Jamie. Um, but on your podcast, you want to start doing some devotional stuff. And maybe think about it even just now when we were talking about like just like the freedom and the whole body and everything. And before we started recording, we were talking about women like studying the Bible and being in the word and encouraging them to do that. And you said, I do love encouraging women to do that. But I think sometimes we just need to say, we need to be doing this. How is what's what's happened in your world right now where you feel as though it's time for me to start talking about here's some things that we need to be doing? Yeah, I think we yeah, we tend towards like, oh, just don't worry about it if you don't have time to have have time with the Lord. But and I think that's there should not be condemnation because there's that line. There is. And you even talk about like having more grace for yourself. I mean, you know, definitely need that. But I think sometimes we go all grace and just think having a coffee cup with Psalm 23 on it means we've done mm-hmm. uh, we've done enough it's yeah. not it's yeah. not and it's not works based but but as a as a re- response to the love that we have for the lord there should be a desire to have some time together yeah um anyway so part yes yeah, part of the freedom thing is i've always felt like i with my past have no business teaching about the bible or whatever um, but and it's sh- such a lie, but I get it. Such a lie. It's such a lie, but I get it. I feel you. And I also think that in my show, I tend to just ask a lot of questions and not, I don't share a whole lot about myself, but I'm finding more people going, well, tell me about this story. Tell me about this story about you. And so I'm feeling like me not talking about myself and me not talking about the Bible is me believing lies that I don't have anything worth saying. Or you're not worthy to do it. Yeah. And so part of a kind of like a, punched in the face to the enemy is to be like, I'm doing it. Watch it. Yeah. And so uh, uh, in addition to that, though, I think that women think they can't, they, we tend to think we're not smart enough or the Bible's not interesting enough. The Bible's hysterical. There is some weird stuff in the Bible. And, and I think that it's okay for, I mean, it is okay. God's got a really good sense of humor. Right. Look at some of the fish he made. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything mm-hmm. is so He's, he's, he's great. Yeah. He's so much bigger and better than we think. So anyway, um, I've started doing these tiny little snippet devotionals just of like a couple passages and just looking up. And here's the thing. I don't necessarily, I don't know more than anybody else. I'm just looking at just it, doing it yeah. and trying to make it like a real thing yeah. so that women will do the same thing with, with their 10, 15, 20 right. minutes that grows because your, your desire to be with the Lord grows. And then you just can't 
can't help but yeah. spend more time with them. Uh-huh. Did it always look like that for you, like wanting this desire? No. It was always because it was the right thing to do. Because you're that perfectionist. Yes. What switched for you? Because you're going to struggle with this as a perfectionist. You're going to struggle with, I'm doing this because it's what we're supposed to do. And I will do it no matter what, because I will check the list. But, but I did it, but did I do it right? Did I do it long enough? So even when I did it. You had the rules. Yeah. But, but even, I don't ever even know if I'm measuring up to that when I've even done it. It's so works-based. Terrible. So how have you switched? Because you don't sound that way to me. And I don't think that you are when you're Mm -hmm. talking to women. I guess my question, not how have you switched, but how is God like, because he's teaching you something as well with you being able to um, talk about his word and not just encourage women, but instruct them. Mm -hmm. But with you not feeling like this is Mm works-based, what's he teaching you in that? I think I've been realizing that my concept of the Lord and the truth about him were not lining up. I I had this, I'm not somebody who has like mental images a lot in my picture. Vision sounds like I'm Looney Tunes, uh-huh. but so I, I don't do that. But, but I was reading this thing about kind of like, it's called My Heart, Christ's Home. And it's kind of like a, it's an older, short kind of essay thing about taking God through the parts of your heart, like the rooms of your heart mm-hmm. and like the idea of how much are you keeping from him and what are you letting him into? And it said like, I think there was a part where it was like your mind, like what's going on in your mind and and the guy in the story had things on his walls that he didn't want God to see. Mm-hmm. And I and I thought, well, I mean, I don't have any nudie pictures on right. my walls. So <laughs> but but I said, well, you know, Lord, I was I didn't have any high expectations, but I'm like, Lord, what's on the walls of my mind or whatever? And I saw a picture. It was like a picture of Jesus, but his face was so disappointed in me. He looked so like disgusted. And I was like, whoa, you know. Number one, I didn't know that that was there. But number two, that is what I think that's of That's how him. you feel, yeah. And, and I thought, yeah, that's not, that's not appropriate. That's not accurate. And so just, just as I've tried to say, Lord, what is, what is actually true? Because this is what I think that you think about me. Or this is what I think that you are. Or, you know, I just realized he's not insecure. He's, he's not in a bad mood. He's not disappointed with me. And so as I've started to retrain my brain and think, you know, so talked about renewing your mind. Then, then I can go, holy Toledo, he actually likes me. And I'm like a, a big deal to him in a good way. And, and I want other women to have that freedom because I know what a pit it is to think that you can't ever measure up. Because you can't ever measure up. But there's a freedom in knowing that. I don't know. You know, it's, it's like full circle what we talked about earlier with your daughter mm. about not relying on your emotions and your feelings, yeah. but reminding yourself of what is true. Yeah. And I think that you, what you were just talking about that, I'm like, man, how many times have we all felt like we've let God down? Yeah. We've disappointed him. We started another Bible study that we didn't finish. You know, I mean, yeah. the list could be so long, but I love what you're doing because you're saying, hey, I'm going to rest in the truth and I'm going to know his grace, but I'm still going to pursue him Yeah. diligently Yeah. because I have the time. Yeah. I think we lived in China for a while. Um, we taught English and there was a woman there who really loved where she lived, but they were being called to move to another location and it, she didn't like it because she didn't want to move. And she was saying all these hopeful things though. And I said, hold it because you really don't want to move. So why are you saying all those things? And she said, oh, those are all statements of faith, not of feeling. And mm. I was like, oh my gosh. So that just really, because I, I feel like if you're saying things you don't feel, then you're a liar. But but turns out, like we talked about earlier, there's a bigger truth, right? And so that's kind of what was the pivot for me. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the last like 10 years, 
it seems to me as though you have grown more to teaching yourself to believe what God says about you to be true mm. um, in spite of any insecurity or fear yeah. that you might have. Well, because I made such a mess of it. I didn't have a choice, you know? And if you look at the Bible, there are a bunch of jacked up people. Making, making stupid choices. Really dumb. Yeah, I know. I kind of like, I kind of am drawn to those people because I'm like, oh, okay, I get Peter's you. Peter's my favorite. I get you. Peter is a good one. Yes, yes. Jonah complaining uh-huh. about the Lord saving people. Yeah, I love it. I know. I always go back to David and I'm like, man, you were like king and you're so dumb. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. But it's just like, because they're just people just like we are. Yep. And then God is still so faithful and these are like saints of the faith and like the church was built on their beliefs and Christianity mm-hmm. started. Okay. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel walmart plus members save on meeting up with friends save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups that's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier plus members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods plus when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship start a show together with your included paramount plus subscription walmart plus members save on this plus so much more start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com paramount plus a central plan only separate registration required see walmart plus terms and conditions Hey, Emily, I always ask people three things are loving and what they're reading. Um, I'm reading, gosh, it's about solitude. I think it's called Silence and Solitude by Ruth Barton. Okay. About finding God in the silence. What's it look like to listen to him? Are you Um, good at getting silent and still? Yeah, me neither. No. uh -uh. I get nervous. But um, there's something called Lecto Divina. Have you heard of that? It's kind of like where you read a a small passage and then you kind of... um, listen for what pops out mm-hmm. and then you talk to God about that specific thing. It's more like a a specific conversation. Right. Um, and that has been incredibly powerful for me. So that's what I'm reading. It's on my nightstand. I love it. Um, and Harry Potter. Well, yeah. Harry Potter. What, what Harry Potter are you We're in? We're on five. I'm trying to pump the brakes for her. Okay. And ma- so I make her read it with me. Uh-huh. Um, and she's like, she secretly loves it, but she acts like she hates okay. going that slow. Of course. Of course. Um, Okay, so that's what you're reading. That's what I'm reading. Okay, what are you loving? I got new jeans recently. Okay. Ugh, jeans are hard, you know? Jeans are so hard. Yeah. What kind are they? These are Madewell. I really like them. My uh, girlfriend, Noelle, loves Madewell. Are they high? Oh. High they're waisted? High, yeah. And they're like special pockets uh-huh. that help you with your tummy. Pockets? The pockets are somehow like Spanx-ish. Okay, Madewell jeans. Anything with thumbs. Okay, so I noticed your sweater has the thumb hole. Love them. I don't like those. Okay. They make me feel, <laughs> this is, you're going to think this is funny. They make me feel confined. Like okay. I don't like feeling confined. Like okay. even sometimes when we lay in bed, like Aaron will put his arm around me and I'm like, you have to, you've got to move that because I feel like you're trapping me. And so when my yeah. thumbs are in there, I feel trapped. Okay. I know I'm weird. No, my husband sometimes will feel that way about his wedding ring. <laughs> 
And all of a sudden he like takes it off and puts it on the, the table really fast. And I just roll my eyes like, were you feeling a little? We got a little, little panicky. Here. <laughs> this is Those forever. rings are scary. Uh, okay, yeah, so. But I love it because I feel, I love, I love like heavy blankets. You feel I warm love, and safe. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I got a new bag from Better Life Bags. Oh, I love them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the bottom of it, it's over there, but the bottom of it has leather patchwork, a patchwork of leather uh-huh. on the bottom. Did you design it? I did. Okay. Okay. So d- tell so where, where we can find your show on iTunes, obviously. Okay. Just mom struggling well. Mom struggling well. Yeah. How long have you been doing it? I think two years now. Okay. I was trying to think. Do you uh, love podcasting? I love it. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, Even my husband's like, you are such a better mom now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, thanks. (laughs) Like everyone just gives me all their opinions and advice. It's so helpful though, for reals. Yeah. And I like, you know, I just thought about, I like your show title too, Mom Struggling Well, because I want to struggle well in this lifetime. I know I'm going to struggle and I want to struggle well because I want that to be said of me. And I know that God says that we're going to struggle and, you know. It's like thinking of a legacy. Yeah. I didn't want to have a mom podcast though. I didn't even love being a mom, (laughs) but I felt like the Lord was like, listen, you're able to say real things in a way that for some reason makes people laugh or feels kind of light. So you're going to do this mom podcast. I'm like, can we call it like women struggling well? Or he's like, no, this is what you're doing. For reals. Uh, Okay. So any crazy thing happened in 2018 for you? You know, we're going to start doing like those, like a quarterly retreat. Who's we? Me and my husband. (gasps) We're just switching off. We're getting a hotel room for two, like an Airbnb for two nights. And then he'll take half the time and I'll take half the time. And oh, you're not together? Kids. No, but I mean, just like a silent, like this is based on that. Okay, tell me more because I'm confused. You're not getting away together. No, like he he is such a accommodator. He's in the moment. Like he never gets time by himself. He gets up and spends a lot of time with the Lord each morning. But like, we're like, he's not a planner. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't get to do stuff he loves. And so he, we're just gonna, he's gonna take like a day and just, spend doing whatever he wants, like in quiet at this place. And then I'll watch the kids. And then it's like a budget way to do it. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. then, um, and then I'll go and, and he'll watch the kids. And for me, it's to plan my show and to just spend some time, you know, I, I'm sure you, I pray a lot about guests and, and direction and all the things about that. And so I just want to get some clear vision and some time with him and, I always think, oh, I'll do that when dot, dot, dot. And that never happens. So I'm going to get those on the calendar. We're doing one in a couple weeks. And so I'm hoping to do four of those. Just around Dallas. Yeah. Just finding super fun Airbnbs. Yeah. And then I'm going to take my daughter to Lost Pines Uh for her 10th birthday. We want to do like rite of passage birthday thing. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we have. I love that. Yeah. Emily, thank you for coming on the show. It's been so fun. I know that so many women are encouraged and inspired and pointed to Jesus. That's what we want. So thank you. Awesome. Spring is here, you guys. And that means that spring cleaning is here as well. This year, I tried Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and it worked like magic. It cleaned the tough stuff that my sprays and wipes couldn't get like burnt on stains on my stovetop and that stubborn ring around my bathtub. It was so easy to use. You just wet, squeeze, and it's ready to erase. See what cleaning wonders it can do for your home by visiting mrclean.com slash podcast. Friends, I told you that you would love Emily. This conversation is an encouragement to all of us about God persevering us in the midst of hardships and how God can use us even when we feel unusable. Also, anyone relate to her when she said that her concept of the Lord and the truth of the Lord were not lining up? I feel like that is so true for all of us. And I loved hearing her encourage us in that. 
You guys, my latest book, If You Only Knew, is my story of finding freedom and believing that God could use me even though my stories in my past brought shame. I'd love for you to get a copy and believe that God has big things in store for us women when we start believing the truths that He says about us. Truths like, we are loved, we are forgiven, we are usable, and at the end of the day, Jesus is better than it all. Friends, you can find this book wherever books are sold and check out ifyouonlyknewbook.net. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Guys, enjoy your week, share the show with a girlfriend, and have a happy hour with a friend. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.